0: Hey everybody, this is Faux Mondays, the snackable companion show to FOMO Sapiens, which of course will be back on Thursday with a full episode. But until then, you gotta enjoy this little intellectual snack. Happy Faux Monday, best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night. And of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now on Thursday, I have the founder, CEO of Grubhub, Mike Evans, talking about his new book, Hangry, gotta love that name. And he talks about how he founded the company in a spare bedroom, took it through to IPO, realized that he wasn't particularly happy and that his life had suffered a lot. So he quit and went on a cross country road trip on a bike, rediscovered America and of course in the process himself, And he tells that story and it's a very good one because it's the whole story of founding a business that, you know, we all kind of know, at least Americans know we use Grubhub. We did a lot during the pandemic. And then of course the story of what happens when you get everything you want. And as we know, you might not exactly have planned for that. And so that's what we're going to get into in deep detail. Now, this morning I was reading an article in the paper about the fact that all of these crazy kind of I'm going to say BS companies that got a lot of money during the pandemic times are now suffering. I'm talking to you, GoPuff. I'm talking to you, Getter. I'm talking to you, Joker. These companies are so silly. I remember probably about a year, year and a half ago in my neighborhood in New York City, in Tribeca, all of them had people out in the streets handing you these these like $15, $20 coupons. And you could basically like order a bunch of stuff pay for it with a coupon, never pay a dime, and get a ton of free stuff. So I would shop on there all the time. I probably got a couple hundred bucks of free stuff. I've never used them again. And that, my friends, is just silliness. And as I think about sort of with Grubhub and many, not to pick on Grubhub, but a lot of these companies that sort of had a huge pandemic, now they're all falling back to earth. And people are starting to realize like the good times are over. And That has brought about this concept for some people of quiet quitting. Now, quiet quitting isn't just for people who work at Joker. Although I'm sure if you work at Joker, you're like, first of all, why did you call our company Joker? It's a terrible name. Number two, why does this business stink so much? Because the unit economics are terrible, but it's not just them. It's lots of businesses. Quiet quitting is it's one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot these days, especially on LinkedIn. Like every day, LinkedIn, quiet quitting. It's I should just change their name from LinkedIn to quietquitting.com. But it is a real thing. And in fact, none other than Harvard Business School professors, Rawi E. Abdulal, who is, by the way, an amazing professor who I have seen speak on a couple of occasions. And Tom DeLong, who is also pretty amazing. They wrote this new paper called On the Origins of Our Discontent examining a frustrated workforce and pointing out that the grade resignation has become synonymous with workplaces that lack connection. Put short and simple, employees are feeling alienated and they see all these phenomena as stemming from a common cause, the rise of contractual relationships with employees in place of emotional investment. Uh, Think about that. It's the idea, and I, I heard this crazy, interesting, This American Life about this concept. It's like people during the pandemic, they're working in the situation is very uncomfortable. Oftentimes, they feel like their health is at risk, and then they look at their boss who's remote working. That's why you had all these people that would just like up and quit en masse. You had you know the the Wendy's employees who put a sign in the door like take this job and shove it. But a lot of us feel that way. We feel that. Over the last couple of years, it got exposed that big companies or maybe even little companies don't really care about us. And so it actually has caused a lot of of frustration and disillusionment and disconnection. And this is a very interesting stat. So DeLong, Tom DeLong, who is you know a legend at Harvard Business School he conducted a simple exercise asking participants to write down the initials of people in their business careers who, quote unquote, care deeply about their welfare. And he found that older executives in their 50s and 60s are able to easily write down at least three people. Those in the 40s, maybe two. Those in their 30s, they're like, what's that? And I think about that, actually. I can think of a few people, a few people, but it's not like you know, I'm not gonna be able to fill a room with all those people, sadly. And I bet you feel exactly the same. And you know what happens? This leads to anxiety, worry amounts among employees when they feel purposeless, insignificant, and isolated. That's why managers need an employee owner's manual. Owners man- Speaking, the long suggests bosses ask employees for an owner's manual, describing their strengths, weaknesses, and idiosyncrasies, including when and how they are most productive at work so bosses can manage better. I really like that idea. So we're going to talk about that today, quiet quitting, how to deal with quiet quitting, because I think, okay, fine. I think that research is very compelling, but I want to get into some really sort of just some constructive thoughts about how to think about quiet quitting. So we're going to do that right after the break. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. but only for our listeners at babble.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, we're thinking about how to think about quiet quitting. I got six things to think about. Number one, recognize the difference between bad quiet quitting and good quiet quitting. Now, let me tell you a little story And this story, by the way, doesn't make me look like the most mature human being on earth, but I'm okay with that. We're family here. So you might know, and if you don't, I'm gonna tell you now that in 2008, my employer AIG blew up. Just Google that, not a good time. And I sat there, I watched my stock crash by almost 90%. I watched our basically our business just get paralyzed. You know what happens when bad things happen in a big corporate environment? All the senior people hide. They don't do it. It's like the lack of courage that I saw among some of the folks. Some of the people stepped up. Well, there was a lot of people who just were, I mean, it was just no courage in the place. And so as a result, you just feel very unmoored. And I, I guess my response to that was not the most constructive. I did a form of quiet quitting in which I went into my office one day and I put everything in the closets and in the cabinets and I moved everything off all the surfaces. And so if you stood outside my office and looked in from outside, it looked like nobody had ever worked there. Like it was an empty office and it was waiting for somebody to move in. And I don't, I was, I just, I don't really know where that came from. I just was sort of like, I want to erase myself from this place. But my boss noticed because he's a very clever guy. And he said, you know, what are you doing? Like, I know what you're doing. And I was like, what do you mean? I just want it to be clean. But obviously he knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. Not, not an example of good, quiet quitting. That's what we call passive aggressive. Good, quiet quitting, which we're gonna hopefully give you the path forward to today, the idea of, and by the way, quiet quitting, just because maybe I, I haven't made it abundantly clear what it is, it's sort of like leaning out, it's sort of like, hey, I'm still working here, but I'm not gonna give you 110%. I'm just gonna do you know, some percentage of that, which is understandable when things aren't going well. Good, quiet quitting is about having a plan. You're still doing your job. You're meeting the requirements, but you are not gonna get the gold star at the end of the week for employee of the month. So that's good, quiet quitting. Doing it with a purpose, still doing the work, not being passive aggressive, being low key actually. You you don't need to raise the alarm bell and let everybody know how unhappy you are because you inside, you have a little plan that you're gonna execute on. So that is number one. Number two, recognize your boss probably is also very, 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 very frustrated because I think it's very natural that we think, oh, man, I really hate it here. But my boss, you know, they make so much money. They're my boss. They get to boss me around. They love it here. Usually... In fact, we all know this because the stats tell us like, you know, something like 75% of people are disengaged in work. Chances are, if you are, they are too. Now, maybe they love their job. And if they do, by the way, that's actually pretty good because if they like their job, maybe they're a better manager, but they probably are just as miserable as you are. And they are probably also quiet quitting. And in doing so, maybe trying to push more stuff on you, which is not ideal. But it is important to recognize as you work with your boss that they they are likely going through the same thing. And so you want to keep an ear to the ground and see what's going on with them. Because if they are also quiet quitting, you have a tacit understanding that both of you are leaning out a little bit. And therefore, you can be a little more flexible. And that can be awesome. And by the way, you could also think about, you know, what do we want to do here? What's your plan for the future? Do you want to leave here? Lots of people start businesses with coworkers and the quiet quitting could be the sign that somebody is ready to think about where they're going next. And we will continue with number three after this break. FOMO. FOMO. Number three, I said quiet quitting. I didn't say don't do your work. And so one really important thing to do is be hyper-efficient. I remember when I was quiet quitting back at the CIG job, I spent a lot of time at the gym because I'd had this health scare when AIG blew up and I was on a heart monitor and it really kind of woke me up to just like, you gotta take care of yourself, Patrick. So I started running 30, 40, 50 miles a week and I would run all the time. I would leave work at say three in the afternoon and work out till five. And by the way, I saw half my colleagues there too because we were all in the same boat. But I have to say, it's not like my work suffered because I just did my work more efficiently, I spent less time on Facebook and other social media and reading the news and things like that. And I just read a stat that the average person works for about three hours a day at the office and then they spend the rest of the time just mucking about online and chit-chatting and going to lunch and all those things. So if you are hyper-efficient, you can then get your work done and have time to think about what's next for you, to do a little bit of self-care, whatever it is you need to do, but it is really cool and, and it doesn't take a lot. It's not like you have to work harder. You just have to work smarter and try to get things done quickly. So definitely you wanna become hyper efficient. You also wanna cut the fat. And this is you know number four, cut the fat. What does that mean? It means don't be the person who's always just raising their hand to do more and more and more. And this doesn't mean you're doing a bad job, but you know they always say the classic old line is like, be careful what you're good at. And I was really good at writing. And so everybody would send me their horribly written memo and they would ask me to rewrite it. And I was happy to do it when I was Mr. Go-Getter. But once I kind of started leaning out, I was sort of like, well, why am I doing your work for you? I'm happy to provide some insights and thoughts on the content, but I'm not writing your memo. You know, That is not my job here, not in my description. And frankly, I get zero credit for it. This is not publishing house, it's a private equity firm. And so cut the fat in terms of what you spend your time on. Focus on the things that move the needle forward, that get you to where you need to be. Obviously be helpful, but don't be the person that everybody dumps their work on. Forget it. We're done with that. And as you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this idea of like, you know, not letting people take advantage of you and, you know, maybe stepping over people if need be. Well, you got to let people fail sometimes because if you are quiet quitting, That is your job too. And you're not just there to use all this extra time that you have kind of found in your day by not being the top performer to then help somebody else be the top performer. That's insane. Don't do that. Number five, when you cut and you remove and you have free space, you got to fill it with something. And I do not suggest you fill it with Candy Crush or TikTok, unless you are an influencer, in which case have at it fill it with side projects, new ideas, 10% entrepreneurship. If you don't know about the 10% entrepreneur, if you're new here because if you're if you're if you're not new here you have heard about it, but it's the notion of spending 10% of your time, money and energy working on side projects, at least 10%, could be more. This is a great space in which to inject the 10%. You're at the office, you're quiet quitting, instead of cleaning up your office and making it look like you don't work there, you're working on the new idea, the next big thing where you want to be or just something that excites you, that side project. And then finally, check in. Keep yourself accountable. What's really bad if you quiet quit is to quiet quit for the next 17 years, right? That's what we call apathy. We don't want to be apathetic. You want to use quiet quitting as a strategic way to preserve your own mental health and open up space for possibility, planning, opportunity and figuring out what's next. You do not want to simply lean out forever. And so you want to check in. I would recommend having short-term goals and then assessing every month. How are things going? How are we doing? And maybe, by the way, that the day job gets better. You get that promotion. You get that new opportunity. And you say, you know, I'm done with the quiet quitting. I'm going to quiet not quit. That's great. You don't want to stay in that mindset forever because it's a waste. You're talented, right? Why waste your talent? Just because somebody else let you down. That's not what we do here. All right, everybody. Six things to think about with quiet quitting. Number one, recognize differences between bad and good quiet quitting. Don't be weird like me. Two, recognize your boss is probably also super disengaged. Number three, become hyper-efficient. Become like a crazy next generation metaverse robot. Number four, cut the fat. Don't do things you don't gotta do. Number five, focus on something else. I recommend a 10%. And number six, check in, have goals. Don't just do this forever. All right, that's my plan. That's my thinking on quiet quitting. I'm sure some of you are doing this right now. So if you have thoughts, opinions, or if you think I'm totally, totally wrong and what I'm saying is bad, tell me about it. You can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, on email at Let's Connect at com. Love hearing from you. We'll be back on Thursday with Mike Evans, Hangry, Grubhub, And until then, take care of yourselves, Fomo sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO.